As the demand for telemedicine grows, so does the need for connectivity. 5G meets that need. Qualcomm remains focused on giving doctors and patients superior, security-rich 5G connectivity. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash inventionage. could be more successful, you know, either financially or entrepreneurship or whatever it is. And if you're not that successful, you're going to find out some interesting things today because, as you know, in the, the key to success is actually failure, except in school. You know, in school, if you make a mistake, you're labeled stupid. Make too many mistakes, you're a failure. And that's the problem with most people today as they leave school. Most of them haven't really learned much because I don't remember my third year of calculus. I have no idea what I learned there, but I did learn that I failed. And when I failed, I was gonna be, this was in the 60s, I was gonna get sent straight to Vietnam. So failure was a very painful subject. I also failed English twice in high school, and today I'm known as a writer. But so failure is the key to success, except in school. And today we're going to be listening to those some, some entrepreneurs, very, very successful entrepreneurs. And we'll be talking about horror stories of how they failed and the value of failing. You know, mistakes are the only way we learn. God designed us to learn by making mistakes. For example, when a baby falls down, they stand back up. If they don't fall, by, fall down and stand back up, they never learn how to walk. And when I learned to ride a bicycle, I remember falling off the bicycle a number of times. So after I learned to ride the bicycle, I decided to ride my bicycle to school. And guess what? I learned that failing is bad. But if I hadn't failed and fallen off the bicycle, I never learned to ride a bicycle. So the reason most people, in my opinion, are not successful financially is because they went to school. And they learned that failure is bad. When in actuality, if you make a mistake and learn from your mistakes, you get smarter and richer. So today we're talking to the before entrepreneurs in the room, and we're not gonna be talking to you about our successes, but we're gonna talk to you about some of our failures, and there have been many of them, but what we learned from failure. And I'll say it this month, the story, the theme of this show is failure is the path to success. Any comments, Kim? Well, I think it's interesting. So, so, so many people come out of school, and I talk to a lot of people, and it's like, well, what do you want to do? Well, I don't know because they've been so hammered into a mistake. Don't make if you make a mistake, you're going to get punished. And they come out of school afraid of making a mistake and afraid of being punished, so they don't take the necessary risks or they don't go, go against the grain. They don't go against the status quo because they're so afraid. And really, a mistake, all a mistake shows you is something that you don't know. Really, that's what it is. It comes down to there was something I didn't know. In all the businesses, Robert, you and I have built, we've made a ton of mistakes. And we're going to tell a lot of stories today, so stay tuned because these stories are going to be really entertaining. Um, but most people, they don't fail enough. Right. They don't even fail at all. And they live very comfortable but really kind of boring lives in my opinion. <laughs> Anyhow, the key to success is failure, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So our guest today, our dear friend, Rich Dad Advisor, Ken McElroy, and he's the biggest failure I know. <laughs> well, Not I really. think the two of you are up for grabs. <laughs> and the other is Darren Austin. He's a great friend, but he is the entrepreneur behind 
the infamous Jet Set magazine. You know, he deals only for the ultra-rich. So we're not going to tell you our success stories, but we're going to talk about how our failures led to success. And failures are how we learn. As one of my teachers, Dr. R. Buckminster Fuller, so once aptly said, mistakes are only sins when not admitted. And the reason he said that is the reason they're sins. Number one, you waste a good mistake. And secondly, most people lie about their mistakes. Oh, no, I don't make any mistakes. I'm perfect. You know, like Bill, President Bill Clinton, one of the two presidents to be impeached, he says, I didn't have sex. <laughs> and I'm, I'm always wondering what happens if Hillary wins and she's sitting behind the same desk. You know what I mean? You think about things like that. <laughs> and I, re, I, re, and I, remember, I remember the story of Bucky Fuller and on the university campus and all these students were building this giant ge- geodesic dome. And and they for him, for yeah him. they for him and they had done this several times and it had it had failed and failed and finally they got to the point where yes it looks great it's going to work and all of a sudden the thing collapsed and all the students were like oh no it collapsed and they were all disappointed and they were all upset but Bucky he was all excited he was like jumping around yes now we know what di- this didn't work because da 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 and he went into it and it was a whole perfect example of how you look at the failure as this is something we didn't know and we have to learn and we, now we correct and now, we, now we're smarter. So it was from, from Fuller back in the 80s that I learned that I should make more mistakes, not fewer mistakes. And so let's start with Ken. Would you please give a little bit of, of a story of how you became an entrepreneur? And then we'll have Darren introduce himself, and then we'll go into our biggest mistakes. Okay? And, and Kenny is the Rich Dad Advisor on real estate, and he's the founder of MC Companies. We do a lot of investing with, with Kenny. <laughs> right. Thank you. Well, I think the main reason for me was that because I wasn't an A student in school, I didn't get pegged into so the corporate world into a corporate you know, <laughs> or, role I, you know it wasn't really an option for or me. even a job <laughs> right yes you know, i did interview i did try but you know i i think actually that was an advantage uh, you know that i wasn't labeled as smart in school and so i was used to i guess failure in school right <laughs> and um, so so for me going out and trying things you know right out of the shoot you know starting up businesses and being an entrepreneur right out of you know, after a short stint in the corporate world, uh, was relatively easy. So and, what is your company now then? Yeah, it's MC Companies. Uh, we have uh, 350 employees and, um, you know, we're just under um, the, we own uh, just under a, a billion dollars uh, in real estate and uh, all over the Western United States. And we have Darren Austin as the founder of Jet Set Magazine. So before getting into your failures, how did you come in to be an entrepreneur? What caused you to do that? And what is Jet Set Magazine? Okay, so uh, entrepreneurial, uh, that starts back when I was a uh, when I was in school. For one, Robert and I have had the conversation before. Um, I, I had a learning disability. I really struggled in school. I couldn't read. I couldn't remember what I was reading. And later, I guess that, you know, was ADD is what everybody classified it as later. Um, when I got to... Out of school, Did my, you complete college and all that? I didn't take college. No, I actually uh, – I worked in construction when I was in school, and I had a girlfriend, and we actually eloped uh, when she was 17 – or she was 15, I was 17 years old. Jeez. Um, so we moved to California. I worked construction. I dropped out of school. and school? I thought High school. Yeah. I thought I could support us, and, you know, that's where it started. And without having any kind of education – I always thought that there was 
it, it was going to be hard for me to get a job. And I wanted to be on my own. I wanted to be successful. Um, and all I knew was construction. So what I ended, but what I got really good at was team building. Um, I started in construction. Within a year, I learned how to run crews. And within another two years, I was a foreman for a construction company. When I came back to Arizona, my wife left, or girlfriend at the time, she had left. She came back, got homesick, and I followed her back. And uh, when I came back, I thought, you know, I'm going to start a construction company. So I started a drywall and stucco company, which I did not know anything about. I hired people that knew what they were doing. I knew how to, I knew how to get business. So I'd go out and literally sell and flyer. So you flyers. could sell and you could build teams. I could sell and I could build teams. And good traits. Yes, yeah, but that's it. Takes a lot more than that. So I started my first my first business, Drywall Stucco Company. Started small and grew way too fast. And the one thing I wasn't watching was the accounting. So we got to a point to where we were big. We had over three hundred guys. We were doing a lot of money. How old were you about this time? I was twenty one. So we, we were doing really good, and uh, but I had no idea where we were at. I mean, we get to the end of the year, and then I would find out where I was at. Years later, uh, 9-11 hit, and I was doing a bunch of custom homes. So a lot of the people that we were working for weren't very stable. Um, after that happened, uh, we had multiple builders that filed bankruptcy. Me not knowing where I was at financially, everything just started crumbling. So we lost Pretty much everything had to completely start over. And again, all I knew at the time was construction. So I put my bags back on and started building homes. And now you have Jet Set Magazine. The irony of it is, is we're riding, we're flying back from New York, you know, where we all, all three of us were met with Giuliani and the governor of Arizona, Doug Ducey. That's when I found out that Darren is dyslexic. Couldn't, I mean, you couldn't read and write. And it's ironic that I flunked out of high school because I couldn't read and write either. And now we're both in the so-called the public publication <laughs> business, yeah. which is ironic. So, Kim, what's your story? Why did you become an entrepreneur? Well, it was very simple. <laughs> it was very simple. Um, I, 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 I did graduate college, and I uh, had a, a business degree uh, in marketing and got my first job in an advertising agency and had a – a woman boss who she and I just didn't get along. And, of course, it was all her fault. And it wasn't my fault. It was all her fault. And uh, after nine months, I walked in there ready to quit, and she fired me. And I said, you can't fire me. I'm going to quit. She goes, well, <laughs> if you quit, then you don't get your two weeks of, of severance. If I fire you, you do. I said, I, I, you're, I'm fired. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it, w it was, you know, it's, that's a blow to your ego to get fired. And, and the funniest thing is then the company hired me back. She, they got, they, she did leave, and uh, they hired me back. And after six months, I was fired again. And when I looked in the mirror, it had nothing to do with my boss or the company. It had to do that I really did hate being told what to do, and I really wanted my freedom to uh, create my own life. So uh, I, I knew I wanted my own business. I just didn't know how to do it. I wasn't around entrepreneurs growing up. Um, I was around employees. My father was an employee. All his friends were employees. So um, a few years later when I met Robert on our first date, he said, what do you want to do with your life? I said, I, I want my own business. And he said, well, I've started several and all my friends are entrepreneurs. And I'm like, ah, this is where I need to be right now. So that's how I started. It was, and, and, you know, the same to Kenny's point, 
um, the the best thing that happened to me seemed like a disaster at the time, getting fired, my self-esteem, you know, drops. And But looking back, it was, thank God I did get fired because it was the best thing that could have happened. So once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. We're talking about how failure is the path to success, except in school. Because in school, if you fail, you're considered stupid. And in, and in the, in the corporate world, if you fail, you're fired. So we're talking about how entrepreneurs are developed because we have to make mistakes as entrepreneurs to learn. So you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio program on your time and your schedule, the Rich Dad Radio app available at the App Store, and all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. The reason we archive them is so you can listen to this program again because the way we learn is via repetition. And also, if you have a friend husband, wife, business partner, you can listen to this program again and discuss it because discussing is how we learn. And the subject of today's program is how failure leads to success. But unfortunately, most entrepreneurs that I've seen, they fail once and they become employees again. I've seen it so many times. So rather than talk about our successes, because everybody in this room has made their dreams and we're wealthier beyond our possible dreams, but we had to keep going no matter how many failures we had, how many times we had no money, no jobs, and stacks of problems facing us. So we're going to be talking about our failures because our failures lead to our successes. So, Kenny, we'll start with you. This is Ken McElroy. He is a rich dad advisor, founder of MC Companies, a real estate investment company. He's the author of Rich Dad Advisor's books, the ABCs of Real Estate Investing, The Advanced Guide to Real Estate Investing, and the ABC is a property management, is how to become very successful in the business of real estate. So, Kenny, you're extremely successful, over a billion dollars in financing now. What was your what was one of the biggest mistakes you made and that was beneficial? Do you know what I mean? It was, yeah. God, I'm glad I did that. Well, the, I, the, the first company I started was a property management company, as, as a lot of you guys know. And I because I had come out of that world as an employee, essentially, it was my only job. Well, you were in college as a property manager. I was, yeah. yeah. And, and even after, you know, for, for a short period of time before I started my company. So what happens is you kind of get that false you 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 believe that you're successful i guess after you know you start to make some money and you hire a person or two and and um so we you know, we started to grow re- relatively quickly and i Is this in Arizona or This was in uh, Las Vegas Nevada Las Vegas, right. And i i can't remember how many employees i had but i remember being able to you know buy a nicer car and you know buy a house and all that stuff was probably a bad idea at the time but and I was looking at my properties, and I was like, you know, we spent a lot of money on carpet cleaning, and uh, you know, I can't remember <laughs> exactly oh, oh, how much. I, hear, yeah. I, see it I know, right now. And, and I was like, I can't remember exactly <laughs> how many, but I, I, I think we were doing like three or four hundred a month in carpet, uh, you know, uh, carpet cleanings. So. So I'm like, I'm going to start a carpet cleaning business. <laughs> so, so I remember telling my wife, you know, I was going to be another business. It's a great idea. And, and um, I, you know, bought vans. I bought, you know, leased equipment, which was uh, come back to bite me later. And, um, you know, I'm like, okay. Uh, you hired, hired, hired a couple guys. Were you your best customer? Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> I figured I had that built-in business, right? So, basically, I think I, I think there were four vans, and I put carpet cleaning equipment in there and started hiring guys. And then I basically went on to my own business again and had kind of one lead guy. And the whole thing was a complete disaster. And, you know, we had a lot of turnover, and, the you know, the customer service part was bad. 
And, complaints. Oh, my gosh. Complaints from my own buildings, <laughs> from my own employees, right? And I'm like, oh, you got to use them, you know. <laughs> and I, you know, so I'm, and I, it, we actually, uh, we, we were severely negative, too. I didn't run the numbers, kind of like what Darren was talking about. I didn't understand them completely. And all in all, I lost uh, almost a quarter million dollars in um, in that business. And, you know, at the same, you know, so I was barely making money in my one business, but I was all being lost um, on the carpet cleaning business. And, and um, uh, you know, when all the dust settled, I actually still have one polo shirt with a logo on it. So I still keep that as a reminder. <laughs> so what was your lesson yeah, on was that? Yeah, the biggest oh, takeaway? Well, there's so many. You know, one was follow the cash. Two was the customer service is so important. Hire better. Uh, the team, you know, systems, policies, you name it. There was just so – it was – I figured since I had, you so know, you kind of focused on the product being carpet cleaning did, versus yeah. the whole business. Yeah, of I was building. focused on okay, yeah, well, you know, carpet cleaning can't be that hard, right? <laughs> and sure enough, it just nailed me in the face. You know, it was two years of pain, but it made you a better entrepreneur. Oh, for sure, you know, yeah. and it, and I think yeah, just you know, sitting back and looking at that, I made a lot of bad uh, choices on who I hired. Yeah, and what you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, pricing was easy. And buying the equipment was easy. Buying a van, buying the equipment and pricing, that was easy. And I had a, I, I had built-in business, so I was like, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so. Once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. We're talking today about mistakes, how we fail our way to success. But unfortunately, in school, failure means failure. If you make mistakes, you're considered stupid. And the reason most entrepreneurs are not successful is they make a mistake, they get cleaned out financially, and then they quit. And the real reality of entrepreneurship, you keep failing until you succeed. And today, every the four of us in this room have more than enough money, more than more than enough success, but we had had we quit, we'd never be here today. So our other guest is Darren Austin. He's the CEO of Jet Set Magazine. Fantastic name, fantastic. Uh, magazine. Uh, Ken and I are contributors to it. We love the product because it really targets the rich dad customer with the aspirational customer because I really don't want to read Boy's Life. You know, I'd rather read Jet Set. <laughs> so, Boy's Life. And so, Darren, um, man, that's my own heart. You know, you can't read. I couldn't read or write too, but we're now in the Word business. The publication business. So, so, Darren, what was, you know, what was your biggest mistake? Well, first, how did you start Jet Set? I mean, that is. Very high-end business. So uh, it's, a, it's a long story before that, but I had a friend that had a private charter company, and uh, we had a couple Jet of charter. Private, yeah, jet charter company, and we had a couple other businesses, and at the time he was flying around 17 professional teams from game to game their, their whole season, uh, sports what, what, teams. What kind of sports? Uh, hockey, baseball, football. Okay. So um, one of the companies we had was an altitude uh basically an altitude system where people could live at altitudes of 1,500 feet and actually put themselves at 10,000 feet while they're sleeping. And I, I basically was trying to figure out a way to get in front of those people. So we started the magazine as an in-flight magazine for a local charter company to get in front of the athletes to promote another business. Interesting. Why were they at altitude? To train for altitude training? Yeah, so uh, altitude training, sleeping at high altitudes and uh, and training at low altitudes is actually more beneficial to an athlete than training and living at a high altitude. I see. So what was your biggest mistake along the way? 
I, the, obviously, the drywall and stucco company. Um, you know, I, I didn't really know enough about the other business, the, business, right. the other important things to make a business successful. And uh, what I ended up learning going into my next business that I was actually passionate about, like I said before, um, I started building homes to come back, to get financially to where I wanted to be, but I wasn't passionate about that business. So I was constantly searching for other things that I was passionate about, and Jet Set became the business that I was most passionate about. So I really pursued it. The main thing I did was uh, going into this business was getting a CFO and uh, a, a really good pe- bookkeeper. So I knew where I was at. That at was all the times. lesson from the that was the that lesson you made. I yeah. learned, the big lesson, yeah. and to me became one of the most important um, start in starting a new business because I was good. Not great at everything else, but I could. The books is tough. Well, you know, yeah. it also, it also, um, you know, I, I would recommend that uh, listeners go to richdad.com and look up BI Triangle because the BI Triangle has the eight key components to make up a successful business. So we've touched on a few like sales and team building and and product, but it, it goes into much more detail. So I'd recommend you do that. Right. And Kim and I, you know, the first person we hired after we got married was a bookkeeper because we're not good at numbers and we don't like keeping detail. But as an entrepreneur, you have to have detail. So our first employee was Betty, the bookkeeper. Betty, the bookkeeper. Twice and a month, had to meet her, had to meet with her. More more going out than coming in. It was not It was not fun. <laughs> and, and Betty was terrified the whole time. She says, how do you guys survive? You have no money coming in. Money is going out. <laughs> but that's why she's Betty, the bookkeeper. Yeah. Kim, what was your biggest lesson? Well, I, just one one early on lesson that we had, and w- when we were starting the Rich Dad Company, um, our whole thing, our whole philosophy was all built on cash flow. It was all built on cash flow. We created the first product we created was the cash flow board game, and our company was called Cash Flow Technologies, and we were and Rich Dad Poor Dad had come out, and we were selling all over the world, and specifically Australia was very very popular because of past bus- businesses there. So we went there. We were Cash Flow Technologies, and it was all we were all about cash flow, and that was that was our mantra. And I remember sitting down with Phil, this marketing guy. He said, um, "What are what are people buying?" And we said, "Well, they're mostly buying Rich Dad Poor Dad." And he said, they're not buying cash flow the game right now, are they? And we go, well, some are, some, but not. It would, by this time, Rich Dad Poor Dad was on the bestseller list. And he goes, you don't, guys aren't paying attention. He goes, most people think of cash flow as cash flowing out of your pocket. They don't consider cash flowing into your pocket. He goes, people don't know what cash flow means. He goes, pay attention to what your customers are buying. They're buying Rich Dad Poor Dad. Your brand is Rich Dad, not cash flow. He said, Pay attention to what your customers are buying. And this so, guy, Phil, was a branding expert. He yeah. says, you guys are letting go the biggest asset you have, yeah. which is the brand, yeah. Rich Dad. Mm-hmm. But Just we, like Jet Set is a fantastic brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we were so caught up in that, well, cash flow is what we're all about. That's what it is. It didn't matter what we were about. It mattered what the customer was perceiving, what the customer was buying. So that was a great early on lesson. So but, that's when we changed the name to the Rich Dad Company. And that's why one of the greatest assets you have many, many times is your brand. And I meet so many guys in business, you know, these so-called entrepreneurs, says, yeah, I have a brand. I said, funny, I've never heard of it. <laughs> and, you know, like Coca-Cola is a brand. They say the brand of Coca-Cola is worth more than all the capital equip, you know, plants and equipment. The brand is priceless. Look at Apple. The brand is priceless. They don't really even own their factories. They just own this brand. One of the most important lessons I learned from this guy, Phil, is the importance of building a brand. Because if you have a brand, 
And when we built Rich Dad, we licensed the use of our brand. And, and you know, you talk about Shark Tank because I've seen this time and time again. And it was just on again the other night. And somebody, somebody has this product. They have a product. And they go, yes, but I have a brand. And Mr. Wonderful, in all his you know eloquent language, he goes, "You don't have a brand; you have a doo-doo product." <laughs> <laughs> and he says, "You don't have a business; you have a hobby. It's not worth anything." And in this room with us today are a bunch of failures who are very rich today. The problem is our educational teach- system teaches us that failure means we fail; making mistakes means we're stupid. When in actuality, in the real world of entrepreneurship, you fail until you succeed. So today, we're not going to hold back the punches. We were talking about what it takes, some of our biggest mistakes, and what how it takes to learn from your mistakes. Before I go on, we can listen to the Rich Dad, pro, Rich Dad Radio program on your time and your schedule. We have a Rich Dad Radio app available at the App Store, and all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. We archive them so you can listen to it again, because the more you listen to it, the more you will learn. And if you have a friend who you want to go into business with or a husband or a wife, listen to this program because we're talking about failure. And uh, the reality is most entrepreneurs will fail. But if you quit, you're a big failure. So we're talking today about what happens and things like this. And I, you know, Kim and I are always asked to invest in people's companies. It's one of the, one of the responsibilities or things of being wealthy. You know, to be a patron or a shark or whatever you want to call it. And we listen to these guys pitching a business deal, and most of them are idiots. You know, there's no cure for stupidity. I sit there looking at myself 40 years ago. God, was I that stupid? And I was, because you can't tell an idiot anything. So there's three things of entrepreneurship. There's people, problems, you know, and product. And most idiots come up and go, I got a great product. I said, well, thank God. But the world, as you know, is filled with products. So the first thing is, so products really don't make any difference. It's the people behind the product, the systems, the business. But also the most important question, can the people solve the problems? How good is your team? Because if you're successful, your problems will only get bigger. So Kim and I were, were listening to this one pitch, and the, it was a juice company and friends of ours, and I looked at them, and I wasn't looking at the product. Product's a great product, you know. Their competition is called Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah, you have a good chance here, you know. But, but they had the best product. They had the best product. They had the best product. We had the best product. It's the best product. And the first time I look at the label, label tells me nothing. I said, well, that's a juice, you know. I go, juice, good. I said, this Odwalla is owned by Coca-Cola. You're going you're gonna to step on Superman's cape out there? They're going to fight for shelf space? I said, no, but we got more product lines. And that's the biggest mistake because it's called line extension, you know. How are you going to get 12 products on the shelf because they have to pay for that? So they also said, oh, all we have to do is get, once they taste the product, they're going to want it. I'm like, well, how are you going to get them to taste the product? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) But once they taste it, they're going to love it. So just to let you know, I'm sitting there, these are all friends of mine. I'm looking at them, and I said, the problem is the people. They're not capable of solving the problems of the business they're going after. He says, yeah, yeah, but we're all good friends. I said, yeah, every divorce starts with a kiss. You know, and then the lawsuits begin, and oh, no, no, it's not going to happen to us. But we have a great product, and that's why I say there's no cure for stupidity because I did the same thing. So I'll just have my biggest mistake. I started a nylon velcro surfer wallet business. We were extremely unsuccessful, so I created a new product called the Ripper Shoe Pocket, which went on the shoes, and that product took off. So I saved a, a dying business, the wallet business, by creating a new product. 
it took off. The problem was we're out of money. See, success is expensive. We then had to finance, you know, the manufacturing, the advertising and all this. So finally, I have to go out there and raise, I think I raised 700000 bucks. And the company is still going down. All those sales are going up because we can't pay our past bills. Our debt's killing us. And exactly, it's always in the numbers, you know. So I remember going to my CPA, my CFO, Stanley. This is back in 1979. I say, hey, Stanley, if I raise another $100,000, will this solve the problem? Again, it's product, people, problems. Stanley nods and says, yes, it'll solve the problem. So I remember handing Stanley a $100,000 check, and it saved, it solved the problem. Stanley's problem. <laughs> <laughs> what was Stanley's problem? <laughs> Stanley's problem was he ran with the money. Oh. He, he was $100,000 in, so my $100,000 coming in bought him out. And suddenly, I now owned the company. So people, product, problems. And your team, the biggest question you have to ask is how good is your team and how capable are they of solving the problem? So today, my lesson is, is when I sit at a pitch, somebody's pitching me a deal on a product, I'm looking at the people, and the question is, can they solve the problems? Because business is nothing but problems. Right, Kenny? That's right. Well, I know there's been a bunch of companies that have been trying to buy our company over the years, and... You know, these are Wall Street companies, and, and they'll fly in with their suits. And, you know, our company is no different than a lot of companies, just like ours, all over the United States. Right, and, and you know, uh, Kenny is the founder of MC Companies, property development and management and financing company. Right, and so the, the number one thing, the reason they come, and the entire reason is to interview our team. That's all they want. They want to find out who my CFO is, what our systems are, you know, and who supports the entire organization. It's not really about the product or the you know the money coming in because that can be adjusted if you have a good team. Right. So as Darren Austin is the CEO of Jet Set Magazine and very successful entrepreneur, but much like me, who didn't do well in school. Ironically, we're in the publishing business. <laughs> So, so Darren, what, what would you say some of the problems are that most entrepreneurs fail to see coming at them? I would say uh, new entrepreneurs, you know, unless they've been there and they've, and they've gone through the failures, they're not going to see what's coming at them. You know, just, just like me, I had no idea what I was getting into. And, uh, you know, sometimes when it, when it comes at you, especially the way it did with me, it's too late. Did you ever think of quitting? I, I did. I did. Actually, uh, many, many years prior to actually uh, losing the business, um, I, I used to stay up late at night with my wife and almost to the point of hyperventilating, uh, yeah. hyperventilating that I was so stressed and having a hard time you know, with the business because, like I said, I grew too fast, which was another problem. And and it was hard to keep control of the, the problem. Business. Got bigger than you. Yes. Yeah, that's a very common problem for success. So, Kim, what would you say are your biggest well, lessons? About? You know, um, I, I think one of the things that um, all of us, and this goes back to the to the failures, and and I think one of the keys to successful entrepreneurs are, are is resiliency, is how well you come back from a setback. This question is how far can you bounce? Yeah, it really because I mean, how, we all know people who have who have failed and who have quit. Because so, so it kind of goes back to what's, you know, we started the Rich Dad Company. Another side of the problem is um, many entrepreneurs start their business to solve, to solve a problem. 
So the Rich Dad Company, we were solving the problem of no financial education in the school system. And we've we made a lot of mistakes and we had a lot of failures, but because we had that mission going, it kept us going in the hard times. So a lot of times people fail because they don't have a big enough purpose, they don't have a big enough passion, they don't have a big enough mission to keep them going when that failure hits. And let me tell you one more thing. That's if you look at the BI track again, go to the Rich Dad website. It goes product and legal. You know, Kim and I have been sued by our partners. There is nothing more exciting than that. You know, when so when those guys are pitching us a juice, it's oh, don't worry, we're all friends. I said, yeah, that'll soon end. You know? right. <laughs> and and you don't know what you don't know. Once again, driver Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. We talk today. We're talking about business failure. Because failure leads to success if you're resilient, if you can bounce and keep coming back. Unfortunately, most people quit because they're taught in school that if you make a mistake, you're a failure. You can listen to the Rich Dad Radio program at your time, your schedule, the Rich Dad Radio app available at the App Store. And all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com so you and your future ex-partners can listen to it. <laughs> so, and Darren, what is the purpose? I mean, you have a... You have a fantastic brand. You know, Jet Set, everybody knows that. It's the same as everybody knows what Rich Dad is. I mean, they may not know the company, but they have a concept in their head about a rich dad. So Jet Set is one of those brands because it is a commonly used, you know, vernacular in the thing. How did you come up with that name? Being in the charter business, um, we sat around, uh, originally the 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 magazine had a different name for the first three issues. Um, what was it? It was called Swift Air Mall. Swift Air Mall. Swift Air Mall. Was it a catalog? It, it was 16 pages. So it started out as basically a flyer. So we had some local, and, and on a regional level. So we had some local businesses. Advertising. Advertising. And it was working for those lo local businesses. So I thought, okay, this is small, and we've got something here. So we launched it globally. Uh, more North America. We started distributing outside of uh, the United States, but then we uh, we decided that shipping was too much. Um, being a print publication, we wanted to keep. It's the a beautiful cost down. glossy. Yeah, glossy. Yeah, yeah, and that's going back to the product. You know, it, it, the focus in the beginning was the product, glossy paper, doing doing everything different than everybody else. So, but is it now? Is are you branching out under the under the brand Jet Set? I mean. We we are we're doing some pretty creative things with the brand now. Um, one of them, uh, Ken, and I, Ken and I have had this discussion. Uh, we do an annual uh, cover model contest that actually brings in quite quite a bit of revenue. Uh, last year we did seven figures on the contest. This year, and it's a branding play too. This year, the girls that entered, we have over ten thousand girls entered in the contest. Why does it not surprise me that the two of you came up with this idea? <laughs> <laughs> You know, but you bring you bring up a good point too, because you're talking about publication in magazines, and you know we have how many times it's not that tough. <laughs> Sex always sells. How many times do we have people that come? Oh, I'm going to write a book. I want to write a book, and so I just met with this woman just the, just last week, and she goes, I, "I'm writing a book, and I'm very excited to get it to the publisher." And I said, "Well, you know, the publisher's not going to sell it," and she's like, "What?" I said, the publisher's not going to sell it. You have to sell it. You have to market it. And the same with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Even, even when we're the best seller, we still have to treat it as a business because the publisher, even even six years on the New York Times bestseller list, we still had to be, do the marketing and the sales. And I was just reading an article of this of this writer, and he said the same thing. He said, I spent 80% of my time focusing on my book. 
and 10% in building the community and doing all the marketing and all the PR. He said it should have been the other way around. So a lot of times, again, even in the book business, you know, I have a great book. It's a great book. Everybody's going to want to read it. So what's happening with Kenny? This is one of the beautiful things of, you know, because now, Kenny, you can expand yeah. out, like, from MC companies, you're going to other types of businesses, right? Yeah, of course. You know, once you start to generate that reoccurring cash flow, which we're all looking for, ultimately, <clears throat> you know, we want to um, – sales is a big part, but if you can cre- if you can buy assets, produce cash flow you – But know, you're also going to other types of businesses. We are, yeah, yeah. yeah the first – your successful business allows you to go out right. – and yep. do other yep. businesses. We're an office building, self-storage, and now we're doing billboards, right? We're buying those as investments. Because that's what experience and team gives you, right? That's right. Uh, it gives you, yeah. Once you have that base, it's it all goes back to the team because that's what people invest in. I mean, so would you, would you say the journey was worth it? Absolutely. You know, you learn a lot about your partners when when you bring up the words cash call, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. you do. I mean, because the things don't always go well. And, and when you everybody has to pony up cash for, you know, monthly operations or, or whatever it might be, that's, you know, I was thinking of that when you were talking about your your partners in the juice company. That's ultimately when you find out about, every, you know, the way people are positioned. Well, also, it's the mentality, the mindset, you know, because that one person – what she said was, well, I've done my job. Yes, my job yeah. is over. I've created the product. My job's done. And now now her job, I said, man, your, your job just starts now. You know, but they have this mentality like it's nine to five. You don't learn anything when you're making money. I, I'm a big believer of that. You you, you don't learn much. But you, is, is it nine to five? No, gosh, no, no. You I know, mean, this uh, Prince just passed away, the great musician. Right. And they asked his wife, I said, what was he, what was Prince doing when he was not working? He said, he was working. Yeah, and I think that's one of the hardest things for most employees to get is, I'm working 24 seven. I don't stop working, but I love what I do. And we're now going to the most popular part of our program. It's called Ask Robert, and you can submit your questions to Ask Robert at richdadradio.com. And our guests today are Ken McElroy, Rich Dad Advisor on Real Estate, founder of MC Companies, website mccompanies.com, author of the ABCs of Real Estate Investing. For those who want to know about real estate, that's where you start. The Advanced Guide to Real Estate Investing. And also Darren Austin, he's the CEO of Jet Set Magazine. Kenny and I write for Jet Set. It's a great publication, and it fits our target market of the Rich Dad Company. So, and also my sweetheart, Kim. So, Melissa, what's the first question you have for us? Ask Robert. Our first question today comes from Mason in Houston, Texas. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. The question is, how do I maintain financial security during the startup phase of my business? That's, that's a legitimate question, but I'll just give you my answer. You don't stop. Just keep going. In my first startup of my nylon on Velcro wallet business, I would work all week, and then I'd go down to Aloha Swap Mate and stand there and sell stuff, sell all my belongings and raise cash and go back and keep going. Then it keeps knocking on doors and raising more capital. How about you, Kenny? Um, I, it's a great question. I, I don't know that I ever – feel financially secure. <laughs> I mean, well, because whenever... It's a great motivator. It is a great motivator, yeah. yeah. I, I understand the question completely, and I think a lot of people that come out, you know, from... They have a paycheck, you know, that is a very legitimate question. But I think once you leap, once you make that leap, you know, you just got to understand that um, from month to month, from year to year, that uh, that might just always be there. Yeah, I, I, think it, I think it goes back to the mindset. I mean, what you're saying is his, it sounds like the mindset, financial security is a mindset of an employee who's used to the paycheck. 
I mean, there was no financial security, I don't think, in a startup. Right. And, and every time I made a little money, this is my own personal experience, you know, I was always trying to reinvest it into something new yes. or in a new business. And so there, then again, I had financial security issues on that business. So it's you have just, a wife. Yeah. <laughs> right. How, how did Laura handle those stress? Um, you know, she's still going through it. <laughs> no, you know, I, I basically, uh, I kind of, um, I can't really run a lot of the things to buy her before. I have to kind of do it during and after, you know, yeah. and, uh, in the, but she's, she's been a great. great. Life, man. Yeah. She's, she's been she great. Up with you she's been great. Kids. Yep. So Darren Austin is the CEO of Jet Set Magazine. What advice do you have somebody who needs financial security before they become an entrepreneur? <sighs> Wow, for me that's a, that's a tough one because I I didn't have any financial security and I'm I'm a I'm a big risk taker so with me I I was just all in and I I believed in myself I knew I could sell myself to get the business going to be able to su- support it and I didn't I didn't worry about security at the time I just believed that I could do it because you were because you were all in so maybe so maybe Mason is not all in at this point maybe he's got one foot on the dock and one foot on the boat you know when you told your mom and dad you were traveling around with me and I had no job what did they say well first of all they well they <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine what went through their head uh, do you want to hear this <laughs> no it was when we were flat broke we were struggling and we had nothing and then mom would call and I'd start crying <laughs> That's a good intro. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and I would I'd agree with Kenny. It almost never ends because I think that's what keeps us going. I think when somebody finds security, that's like sitting on the lily pad and feeling secure. Well, that's you know? when they get comfortable, you yes. know, and they say when you start to make a lot of money. I mean, even Jim Collins says, you know, the enemy of great is good. Like yeah. when you become good at something, then, you, I don't know, it just takes the fire out of your belly. Right. So that's a great question, and I don't think we have an answer for it, but uh, – my my word is I just kept going day to day. Like I said, I was at the swap meet on the weekends selling stuff. You know, I'd actually buy stuff from somebody else and resell it just to make a few dollars to go back and survive. Day to day, paying rent, paying employees, financing product, paying insurance. It just never stopped, but that's how I got smarter. Well, it goes back to when, our, when we had nothing and living in uh – Southern California, and we rented an apartment for twelve hundred dollars a month. How they how they rented that to us, I have no idea. We had no income, nothing, and they rented us, and so that propelled us to make twelve hundred dollars a month <laughs> to pay for the rent. That's how our business that's started. Well, that's yeah, what, it was a good motivator. That's great motivator. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Mia in Miami, Florida. Favorite book: Rich Dad Poor Dad. How do I deal with the skepticism and criticism of family and friends over my decision to become self-employed? My family is very important to me. I don't have Good an answer question. for that because I don't care what my family thinks of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's tough. I, Kenny, what do you want to say? It's like being in a foreign country. <laughs> you know, when I when I go home and talk to my brother or, you know, my parents about, you know, my parents grew up. And thinking, you know, differently, and so, uh, you know, it's I'm I'm just in a completely different world. Uh, I can't talk to them. The numbers are so much bigger. I remember telling my dad that I lost 250 grand, and I swear that became the focus of our conversation for a long time because that was way more than they even had in savings. And um, so, it's just uh, they just they just can't fathom the conversation. And I, and I would say too to Mia that. Don't take business advice from your family and friends, if they're, especially if they're not supporting you. Look for mentors and look for people who are doing what you want to do 
because oftentimes if the family member, like you're saying, Ken, if they're not on the same mindset and they don't understand entrepreneurship, they're going to tell you how risky it is and how you're, how you're going to fail and you're going to make mistakes and all of this stuff. So be careful who you take and, your and, advice from. And they from. love you. They're just worried about you. Yeah. So, Darren, how did you handle it when you were your wife when you were so young? It was tough. Not really family. Uh, I guess, you know, my dad, my mom, you know, they believed in me. You know, they knew from a young kid that when I set my mind to something, I was going to make it happen. So I, I never really got that from family. And to be honest with you, I never talked about what I was going to do before I did it. Um, so I didn't have people, you know, criticize me or, or being point. skeptical. And I'll just end yeah. with this idea. My, my rich dad told me I was an idiot. And he says, I'll never give you any money. Uh, Might and, be something to that. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, it is because my, my family does support it. And my dad gave me $100,000, which I gave to Stanley, my accountant, and Stanley ran off with it. So my rich dad was correct. Correct, I am an idiot. But that's how I learn. And that's and we know, finally Darren, paid that off. I, I remember that we off had to pay everything. that off, yes. But again, I'll say the biggest thing is that you have the product, you have people, and you have problems. And all business is, really is people and problems. So next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Lewis in Baton Rouge. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. says, I hear you talking about failing and losing money several times over. My question is, how do you start over or get funding once you've lost it all? Isn't it true that the banks won't give you the loan if you have a bank account that's standing at zero or bad business credit? I would say that's true. Yeah. I just learned how to raise capital, which is a good and bad thing. It's just going to raise more money. I'll tell you, that's a phenomenal question because I think that before you lose money, that is how you think. <laughs> but what my experience has been, I mean, I remember having a conversation with you, Robert, You know, when we first met each other, when you found out that I had lost everything, like the credibility between you and I went up. Because, yeah. And that happens a lot with partners. You know, they're like, have you lost everything? And, and I'm more afraid of the person who hasn't, believe it or not. Amen. I really am. Amen. Because you don't know how they're going to respond. Right. Ha yeah. Have they been resilient? Have they bounced back? I mean, I have people ask me that question. Have you ever lost money? And I say yes. And then we have a conversation about it. And, and it's, it's an important you have to go through it, I think. And If you think losing money is your biggest problem, I don't think you're prepared for this. Like I said, it's people, problems, and product. And when you lose money, when other people come after you, that's when you find out who your friends are. And that's more vicious than anything else. Well, that's the whole point of this program was about how your failure breeds your success. And he's already afraid. Lewis is already afraid of failing and like that he's going to get wiped out. And if that's the forefront of his thinking, he's probably not going to make it. And when we're looking at that juice company, I looked around the, at the partners and said, oh, yeah, we're all friends. I said, for today. Yeah. You know, I, you don't know. And I could tell none of them had lost any money. They didn't know what it's like to not be able to feed the kids. And that's when you find out who your partners are. Any comments there, Darren? Yeah, when I lost my, my first company, I actually ended up completely negative. So I started with below a zero balance. And, you know, with, with that, I mean, didn't have any bank funding or anything like that. But, again, you know, I believe that I could do it and I could make money on my own to start the business and then put everything into place once it got going. Right. So I think the, the thing for Kim and I is that we could sell. You know, Kim worked with network marketing and she learned how to sell and we can sell. So we had no money. We just wanted to cut another deal. We said, this is, this is what we're going to do in all this. I found more investors, sold more products and all this stuff, raised money. 
I think one of the biggest things we did was that we paid our we paid everything first. We never paid our bills. That was that was really Betty the bookkeeper went nuts. We were living in Oregon, and she, you know we had a thousand dollars coming in. We owed ten thousand. I said Betty. <laughs> We're not paying our creditors, right? She yeah, we had we had a list of everybody we owed money to, and we went through that whole process of putting that list together, and made sure that everybody got paid back every Eventually. penny. Yeah, but not did. having money was like having Nazis chasing us, <laughs> and we got smart and creative you and not smart. lazy. You get smart. That was what really drove us was terror, fear. So once again, thank you for those questions. I hope I answered some of your questions or allayed some of your fears. But if fear overwhelms you, don't be an entrepreneur.